How's it, Internet? And welcome to Two Guys in SharePoint. The only SharePoint show in South Africa where everything is not made up and there are no points. How's it, Al? Good afternoon, Mr. Modlin. What's happening on your side? Same as always. Busy, busy. Hitting deadlines now. Yeah, it's a common theme, eh? Um, you, but you're finishing up quite a big project. Or is that project still on the go, though? Two of them, yeah. Should be wrapping up in the next couple of weeks. And apparently you've got an internal project going as well. Oh, there's there's a couple of things I'm trying to get off the ground. Oh, you're the go-to guy, apparently. Apparently so, which which, <laughs> which is nice and also um, incredibly disheartening. <laughs> I, I have too much work and not enough hours in the day. But, yeah, uh, for sure. But this, this is what we do, hey? We make it work. So, so this week, uh, I think it's important we let the listeners know, as we passed a quarter century, uh, we don't have any guests on this week. We're going to keep it short and sweet just to give you an update. And then our regular programming will continue from next week onwards. Yeah, the, this week for those listening. We'll have another episode up this coming Friday. That's correct. We've got some cool guests coming on the show. But strangely enough, after after the Andrew Connell show, uh, we've been hit by a plethora of international people. Well, not international people, Americans mostly, uh, wanting to come on the show. So, mm. interesting times for us. Cool. And it's always a pleasure to talk to all these gents. But this week, um, as you say, we don't have a guest, so we're going to go straight into the news. In the news. So, um, our first news item this week, Microsoft has released a new chatbot. They've got another one now. It's called Roo. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's spelled R-U-U-H. Um, and it's aimed mostly at the Indian market. It lists its interests as uh, Bollywood and chatting and hanging out with friends. It's, but is that like Roo or is it Rua? Because uh, that's how I know. It sounds very Viking sort of thing, you know. Uh, it's aimed at the Indian market, so I doubt it's a Viking thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's cool. My- Microsoft have this AI division now, and they're turning out a lot of these chatbots, and they're using all this learning, obviously. They-, they want this to be the new way to work, right? When Once Teams is fully deployed everywhere, you can deploy the future versions of these sort of chatbots in and you can hold conversations with them to complete business tasks, which is a cool thing. And they're carrying on and going apace. It's just, how long do you reckon it's going to last before it does something stupid? Well, their first one did a lot of stupid things, but they've been a lot smarter about sort of locking down what sort of feedback it takes in and propagates and that sort of stuff. This is all a learning process, right? AI machine learning is still very much in its infancy and everybody's getting a handle on how it works. And I really do think Microsoft are ahead of this game. Look, everyone, each do their own, right? So Microsoft's doing some interesting stuff, specifically around bots and the bot framework. So it's easy to build bots. Uh, Amazon's got the skill stuff for Alexa and they've only got Alexa. So building skills for that is really, really cool. Microsoft on the Siri side with the bot stuff also. I mean, on the Cortana side. Siri, not so much there. You know, Apple's very close framework. Google has got some interesting stuff with Google Now and all of those things. And then 
Um, later on, we'll talk about the other stuff that's coming from other vendors as well. Staying on the theme of industries where Microsoft is a player among many, they've added new calling features to Skype for Business. So the two main ones here, they've got an auto attendant feature, which can automate the answering and answering of calls and routing the calls. Um, and they've also uh, put in a mechanism for call queues. So if you're running like a call center, you can use Skype for Business now and it'll route it correct. It'll automatically answer it and route it correctly to the next available agent and all that sort of thing. Skype for Business moving into the call center space. I understand that everyone's moving over on the E5 SKU. Uh, you now got uh, proper gateways and all of those things in. So you actually calling your, your PBX is now making Skype calls to landlines. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it's really going to take off in South Africa. I can see the US doing it. But really, yeah, we've got huge investments in call centers. So your Sunlums, your Suntams, your Salsis of the world. They all have inbound routing and those sort of things, you know. So there are companies that just do call centers. So yeah, I would I don't, love to know. I don't know if, I don't know that it's specifically targeted towards the the giant call centers where you have a hundred people in a room and, and you're doing all of that. It'll probably manage it, but probably not quite as well as a solution built specifically for that. But for just general line of business stuff, I think it's very cool. And they, they've got to keep iterating on this, right? Yeah. Amazon have, have started up a, a VoIP service and, and they're getting into that market. Google's trying to rebrand um, Hangouts to be more uh, enterprise focused. <sighs> Um, oh, and all sorry. of this, so they they need to stay ahead of it. And I mean, they amongst those threes, Microsoft are easily the leader. And um, I think they're just making sure that they they stay in that position. Look on Google's side, part of G Suite, they have added Hangouts, and they're trying to uh, respin it so that you actually use Hangouts like you use Skype for Business. So that sort of conferencing um, environment. I I don't know. I would if Google is listening. Take Google Plus and tenant it so that it's the easiest way to fix GDAR for, for starters. So your whole um, the Google Apps suite side of things. So you get your G Drive and you get uh, Google Apps and you get this Office-like thing that's only in the cloud. So when you're offline, you can't work on it anyway, so it doesn't really make a difference. But they've got no mechanism for storing content centrally. So take G, uh, Google Plus and tenant it. So if I sign up and I register a domain, which I actually have with uh, with the Google App stuff, the G Drive things, give me a tenant. And then I have Yammer plus storage plus everything else with Google Plus. And I really, really like Google Plus. The interface was fine, it worked well. It was more mature than the other stuff out there, but there was no traction. I, I really enjoyed Google Plus. I used it for a long time. It, it it was a sweet social network, and yeah, you could spin that off into an enterprise product rather than a rather than a consumer one, which didn't really take off. I, it took off for all about three months, and then people went, "Oh, this is cool, but we on Facebook." Yeah, it's so sad. Moving along, next up in the news, Samsung have uh, announced their the Galaxy S eight, their their latest product. And Microsoft have made an announcement that they are going to be offering a customized, a Microsoft customized Samsung Galaxy S8. And you can apparently pre-order that now. 
But what is it running there? It's running the, the latest Android flavor, but with all the Microsoft, Nougat. I think it's Nougat, whatever. Um, we're, we're not, a, we're not an Android Nougat, podcast. Yeah. You, you can go yeah, listen to all about Nougat. Android if you want that stuff. Yeah. So, but because Microsoft have all their products available for Android and they've got start screens and keyboards and you can have a full-on Microsoft experience on an Android phone. So that's what this will be. You can buy the generic Galaxy S8, which will be generic Android plus whatever the, the, the Samsung SKU is, because you don't get the, the, the pure Android experience on a Samsung. You get all no, the Samsung. No, they've got the TouchWiz UI. Yeah, you, you, you get the Sam, all the Samsung stuff. So you, you can now get the S8, but with all the Microsoft stuff already loaded and customized for that. So you've, you're running a full Microsoft Office experience on your Android, which I think is super interesting. This is like, to me, this is the answer for the, the poor market share for Windows Phone, right? Windows Phone is great. I love the UI. I'm not using a Windows Phone because there hasn't been a flagship one in 100 years. And it, it's got a really low market share, not a lot of apps. If Microsoft can do this through partnering with companies like Samsung, they release a new flagship. They say, cool, you can get the new flagship, very shiny. They can piggyback off all the marketing on that. And you get the full Microsoft experience. Um, you can actually do work on your phone. You get the full office suite, you get all the tie-ins in a OneDrive, etc., etc. So just on the back end of that, so Continuum that used to ship with the Windows phones, you've got a flavor of that on the S8 and the S8 Plus. And the S8 Plus is like a 6.2-inch screen. Madness. Um, looks very cool, but can you imagine the size of that thing? Although they reckon the bezel, it's almost right on the end, which is quite cool. Also... Do you think they're going to ship Cortana on those S8s? I'm sure they will. On, on the Microsoft, gonna... on the Microsoft, on these Microsoft customized ones, I'm I'm absolutely positive it'll have complete Cortana tie-in because they can do it on an Android. Like yeah, they just... have they have access to the base OS, which they don't in uh, in in the Apple environment. Just bearing in mind that Samsung with the S8 has launched their own AI assistant they called Bixby. Yeah. No, but that, that that's the thing. This isn't this isn't all S8s that are being sold. You Just can buy Microsoft. you can buy an S8 from Samsung and you get the Samsung S8. You can also buy the S8 from Microsoft and you get the Microsoft customized S8. I suppose so. It's the same just... hardware as just got the micro all the Microsoft apps and features on it. Ah, oh, I suppose. Anyhow, moving along. Moving swiftly along. Uh, um, back onto Office 365, the stuff we're supposed to be talking about, aren't we? Hey, the, the mobile platform is important for all this stuff. But yes, moving on to Office 365, co-authoring in Excel is finally coming. Uh, that's going to be an interesting one. Though. Um, I understand co-authoring in Word, and it works great. Uh, co-authoring in Excel, so if you are a cell in Excel, um, is that locked for editing so no one else can type over your your calculated value? Um, I'd assume so. I haven't played with it myself. I assume it works the same way as it does in on-prem because in on-prem we've had the that co-authoring for a little while now. Do people really, are they really going to use co-authoring in Excel? I mean, if you've got nine actuaries working on a 
1.7 gig file dump that they're working on. It would be interesting to see how they update information. Uh, you've got cells A to or columns A to F, and then the next batch is from G to something else. I'm 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 sure it's much like it. I'm sure it'll be much like it is in Word, where you can see where the person is editing and stuff. There's a bunch of use cases for this. There's a bunch of use cases for Excel. I still know a lot of companies that basically run their business out of Excel spreadsheets. Oh, no, I spoke to one last week. And they literally do. And they're not a small company either. Yeah. Like, yeah, some some surprisingly large companies just run everything out of Excel workbooks. So the best prize is to take that functionality and break it out into the other share, the rest of the SharePoint stack. So you can turn it into a list and then you get separate versioning per row and, and all that sort of stuff. But that is a process and it requires a lot of scoping and you've got to get it right and do the testing and all of that. If if that's not something you really want to go through, you can now just have those Excel workbooks in Office 365. You get the versioning, you get the control, you get all of that and multiple people can work on it on the same time. We get the 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 golden record rights. We get all of this stuff and it, it's more controlled and uh, provides this co-authoring functionality, which I'm sure a lot of people will be very excited about. Yeah, you don't have to save it and then wait for someone to update it so that you can continue working. Yeah, I don't have to save it, email it to you, you email it back to me, and then I open the old one and now even it got issues and yeah. On the back of that, there's some cool auditing features now available in Office 365. So you've got the side panel that slides out and it will actually give you very rich auditing uh, views on who's audited what, when, and why. Um, I think that was launched, that's new from the Office 365 environment uh, for March. It's a March update, I think, if memory serves. It might even be a, a Feb update. Yeah, okay. Which you have to check. So that's quite neat to see that. So you'll be able to see who's doing what, when, and how. Sweet. Next on your list, Mr. Modern. Next on my list here, you can now download custom visualizations for Power BI from the Office Store. So if you're using Power BI and you want you want your reports to look a little bit shinier, you want to display it in different ways, you can go onto the Office Store and you can download custom visualizations. And if you've built your own, you can also upload them to you can submit them to the store as well. So if anybody out there is using Power BI, go go into the office store and have a look around. You might you might find some really cool things. Yeah, I've I've seen some interesting stuff uh, with Power BI and Flow. Strangely enough, uh, guys using Power BI dashboards to build rich analytics and what goes where, when, and how um, on the back end of Flow. So the BI guys are getting excited about what they can do around that, and it's weird how everything's converging where you got BI guys looking at Power Apps and Flow, which in the past they never did. That product set keeps evolving. That that Power BI business yeah, analytics that, set like keeps keeps evolving. We keep getting new stuff. And um, yeah, now you can have some new visualizations too. It's a really rich language for, for reporting, which is super cool. Oh, there was the natural, the when Power BI, the first, I think it was the BI Studio that launched, uh, where you could write English queries against your data sets and it would come back. It was the beginning of, of all of this. Um, it's a good couple of years ago. I still remember having an app on my Surface 2 RT 
at the time that uh, Jody Roberts said, oh, you got to look at this. There's a gateway. And look at all the cool stuff. Do a search and see what AdventureWorks is all about. You know, that sort of stuff. Yeah, super cool. Okay. What do you have for us, Al? So this week, just a wrap-up of what happened in March for Office 365. Uh, first one I'd like to list is the public preview of the Microsoft Graph reporting APIs. So now you can go and you can pull some cool reports and you can build your own reports on the back of Microsoft Graph. So if you head over to the Graph portal, have a look at the APIs that are available and you can start building your own environment stuff um, around dashboarding for Microsoft Graph. So yes, some of the stuff are being deprecated, um, but it's now in public preview, so you can actually go and build some cool usage reports straight out of the Office 365 admin center using uh, Microsoft Graph. That's quite cool. That is super cool. Also, some uh, generally available globally. So I think our local listeners are not as fortunate as people are in the US when it comes to, oh, look, uh, Microsoft Teams just GA'd or this product just GA'd. So what happens in the background is Microsoft will say, this product is now generally available. And then they start rolling it out. So they roll it out to a set of data centers and they wait. Now, no issues and they keep rolling it out and eventually it's going to hit Dublin, which is where most of our data centers are, for South Africa, and then it becomes available. So even though Microsoft will say product goes GA, doesn't mean it's available in your country. So this month, we've actually got Teams available in 181 markets and we also have microsoft bookings is now rolling out worldwide for those who don't know what microsoft bookings are it's quite a cool space uh, environment to manage all your bookings so you don't have to necessarily worry about outlook um, you can actually get people to book time with you through uh, bookings uh, i don't think it's available on the eSKUs, if memory serves. So it's only available on business premium subscribers. So if you're in an eSKU, you don't have access to bookings. Okay. I'm Which, sure that will be coming, although on the eSKUs, no, I don't know. No, they're running it out just for business premium subscribers. That's interesting. I wonder I wonder why. I suppose there isn't really any functionality in the eSKUs that would supersede the that, that bookings app. No, not really. Um, I'm, I'm assuming it'll push up into those at some point then. It would be nice. Um, bookings is more for small business than large organizations, I suppose. Just on that, did you know that there is a shared mailbox in Exchange? I didn't. Yeah, so there's additional features now where you can actually convert user mailboxes into shared mailboxes in the Office 365 Admin Center for Exchange. Okay, that's super handy. I didn't know. I thought, remember the last time we spoke, we, we spoke about... Uh, it, was it had gone the way of the dinosaurs. <laughs> so there is, an, <laughs> there is a shared mailbox in uh, Office 365. And also what's nice now is you can add a Dynamics 365 admin role. And remember when you start uh, giving out, handing out permissions and everyone used to be a global admin and then... That was scary, and then they started breaking up different admins. So, as part of that, you know, you got a SharePoint admin, you got a Power BI admin, you got a Skype for Business admin, 
you got an exchange admin and now they've added a Dynamics 365 admin as well, which is quite neat. Yeah, very cool. You know, if, if we had enough time, um, we could literally sit here for three hours just going through all the updates for Office 365 just in March. I mean, there's a new employee quick start guide. Um, you can now manage teams from the Office Admin Center. There's oh, export capabilities. Um, there's a new service health dashboard available for the mobile app. And there's some new blog series that's just been released regarding the modern service management. Uh, so that's just for March. That's a lot of stuff, eh? Hey? So, Ke so keeping up off, with all of this is is rough. Well, what's nice about keeping up about, with all of these things, the easiest way is to head over to techcommunity.microsoft.com and you can get a lot of information directly from Microsoft. There's blogs, there's the community managers that are also posting, there's MVPs that are posting, and the really cool stuff is last week, there was the Tech Summit in Copenhagen and immediately available are all the sessions from the Tech Summit in Copenhagen. So you can go download all those sessions if you want to learn about the new stuff coming in Office 365. So that's actually very cool. Super cool. And talking about events, there will be a global Azure Bootcamp in Johannesburg on the 22nd of April. Okay. Yeah, so head over to Eventbrite. Uh, search for Global Asia Bootcamp and register. It's a free event, uh, 22nd of April is a Saturday. It's smack bang in the middle of all those public holidays. So let's hope people actually do show up. But it's all about Asia. Uh, I spent some time in Asia training about two weeks ago and the platform is amazeballs. Uh, apparently, there's some posts around Azure being the number one cloud go-to cloud service. They've surpassed Amazon. Okay. That's yeah. that's huge. It is rather. Um, I think Microsoft's just sort of like probably gloating about that right now because uh, the Amazon people don't enjoy being upped by Microsoft. But you know the richness, the size. Um, yes, there's AWS, and uh, we should all have a soft spot for AWS because the idea came out of Cape Town. There's a lot of management changes happening. Um, at Microsoft, and we're seeing that filter through. The new partner program should hit us by August after the FY. So, uh, very exciting times for the Microsoft partners out there and the partner program. Okay. Do you know what those changes look like? I don't. They announced it in Jan of this year out of Seattle, and they were pushing down that. I think the because they've got within Microsoft, they've got different let's call it teams, for lack of a better word, but they've got the enterprise uh, product group. They've got your enterprise clients and you've got your SME clients and all those weird funny names and they're merging these together because what generally happens as a partner, you go and you engage with an account executive and he does um, your corporate stuff. Then you need to engage with a different account executive because they do the SME stuff. So they're trying to merge the worlds so that when you engage with Microsoft from a partner perspective, you engage with one person not with four different people. It just makes it, I think they're just trying to streamline everything. So I'm, I'm very excited about that, you know, to get decent traction. Although Microsoft uh, hopefully will see the area in their ways and realize that partners that actually sell on-prem are important because they don't seem to think so. No, I'm, I'm sure. And, and they have committed to on-prem. 
um, for a little while still at least. Um, but any anything they can do to streamline streamline the bureaucracy involved um, with dealing with Microsoft um, from a partner perspective, even a client perspective, um, is, is welcome. Often, often these sort of things, like with all the agreements and stuff, you need you need a contract specialist, a Microsoft contract specialist, to really work out where everything sits and and who's got what. So if they can streamline, it'd be great. No, it definitely will be. Uh, and on the back of that, last but not least in the news, we are on Stitcher. So those that subscribe to Stitcher, uh, it's a podcast news app. Um, you can find two guys in Sheffield on Stitcher. We've already got a couple of listens. So that's self-promotion on our side. Nice. So yeah, guys, go check out Stitcher. Also, uh, the new information worker site is up and running. So head over to www.informationworker.org. Brand new site, brand new initiatives. There's a blog page called 365 Insights. There's new community leads. There's, we're using Meetup for our, our, our session management. So uh, go have a look at the site. There's blogs that you can follow. We are actually... As two guys in SharePoint listed as one of the information worker community's blogs to follow. <laughs> um, uh, there's an internship program. Uh, there's a voice. We'd love to hear from you as well. So we've got a user voice going there. Um, we'd like to feature everyone. And we've obviously got a Slack channel. So if you want to have conversations with other like-minded individuals, join the Slack channel. But all that information is now officially up on informationworker.org. Very exciting. It took us about three months to get the right platforming tooling in. Oh, it looks super pretty, hey? I'm just having a look at it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super, super cool, man. I can bootstrap. <laughs> <laughs> I can for bootstrap. I can. I are bootstrap. Uh, last but not least, in this segment, those Nintex cards out there. Uh, there's quite a few people using Nintex. Hawkeye, the analytics tool, which was only available for on-prem Nintex, is now available for Office 365. So you can pull rich analytics. Nice thing about Hawkeye, um, you get to set up new staging gates for your workflow so that you can measure it. Because in the old days, a workflow is lacked. You can measure that. Anything else, it doesn't really get measured. So with Hawkeye, you can start measuring. You can put in stage gates to see, okay, I want this specific routine to take shouldn't take more than two hours now you can start measuring that great dashboarding you can get better analytics out of your workflow engine awesome yeah that is super handy if you are running nintex um, that sort of functionality is great once you've set up these big complicated business processes um, there there is always redundancy and there is always little edges you can you can get so using the Hawkeye, you can see exactly where in this process that we've mapped and we're running, where are the holdups? What's taking the longest time? Where does it break down? Where does it get pushed back? Um, and then you can go back to business with all this data and we can we can get actual concrete evidence of, look, that this is where the process is um, suboptimal. We can do this, this, and this to fix it. And you can really, you can make a big difference to the business through, through that data, which without a tool like this, you really just don't have. Yeah. I mean, the reports that were in Nintex was uh, very lightweight as it is anyway. You can, you can do your own stuff. 
um, through your workflows, you can publish various things to other lists and then you can build your own dashboards and reports off of those other lists. Um, yeah. That's a lot of work. That is a lot, a lot of work. And if, if that can all be automated and just, just happen, then it's fantastic. And if memory serves, you've built up quite a few reporting lists in your day. Yes, <laughs> this is a thing I have done. Every step has a right to a specific list immediately after that. Yeah, it is handy. Like it does, d depending on the environment, that can that can cause some issues because you are, you know, you, you're pushing a lot of stuff to this extra list and um, there's a lot more steps in the workflow, especially in Nintex, that can be an issue having too many controls in your in your workflows if they if they're that complex which mine yeah. seem to always end up being but they are <laughs> every single workflow you've ever built is so um i wouldn't say the word complex complex is a bad word um so elegant in it's i i try to be makeup. elegant in, I, I try to be elegant in my design but um some like th th there is a there is a sort of threshold if if the business requirement is super complicated, then the workflows are going to be super complicated, and um, there's not really much you can do to get around that. And and Nintex has some issues in that regard, but you can you can work around it. A large portion of um, process management is working around the technical limitations to to deliver on what the business actually needs. So yeah, well, yeah. it's an uh, interesting it's an interesting. Um, it's an interesting function, at least. Yes. Is that the wrap-up for the news this week? I think that is all our news today. It's mental how much news, because this is all new news for this week. New news. Just new news this week. It wasn't mentioned last week or the week before. It's just this week, mate. Yeah. It's one of the things that makes this podcast easy to do, right? We <laughs> never have to go running around like, oh, my God, what are we going to talk about this week? It's such a slow news week. No. There is no such thing as a slow news week for Microsoft. Yeah, but just, just for the listeners out there, we do spend quite a lot of time prepping. Yeah, we um, do. Okay, let's just get... Let's yeah, but just... like, if if we were running a podcast on uh, rugby, for instance, in the off-season, you've got we an screwed. issue because yeah. what, do you, what, what do you talk about? Yeah. We never have that issue. We have more of an issue of, okay, we've only got 40 minutes to an hour. Let, let's prioritize some stuff oh. here. And, and on that note, um, moving into our new find of the week. What do you have for us this week, Al? So who has time, Mr. Mondin? Who has time? I certainly don't. When you try to book time with someone else, it's always this ping pong sort of volleying. I'm not available on this date. All of those things. Microsoft has a new product called Find time okay so what find time does yes if you go to findtime.microsoft.com so what find time does it allows you to vote for specific times to have a meeting so it actually once you head over to findtime.microsoft.com sign in it actually pushes an icon to your ribbon in outlook and you can now so let's say i want to have a meeting right so i use the find time app to select three days or three times in a day, and I send it off to two people. And everyone can vote around which time is best suitable for them. And once you get a quorum, 
I think it's called the quorum, around which, which times work best, it will then send off an official invite to the meeting. That is super handy. And it works, um, except so, over time. So does, ev does everybody need to have the Find Time app installed or just, yes. just you? Okay. Uh, well, you do need the Find Time. You get a notification. You don't necessarily need it installed as a consumer, but I think as a producer of the, yeah. the date. Chances are you do need to install it. Um, and it's a simple install. It sticks it straight into Outlook and it works brilliantly, except for time zones. Um, ah. so I've been, strangely enough, I did a time zone um, schedule with the East Coast of the US. That worked fine. And then my mate Jeremy in Seattle did two schedules from the West Coast and it came up as... 8 a.m. my time, which was wrong. It's 8 a.m. his time. So I think there's still some glitches. But for the most part, if you're on the same time zone... Yeah, if you're working with people locally, it, it works out just fine. And I'm sure they'll extend it oh. to, to do those time zone and calls too. confirmation, recipients do not have to have fine time installed. Cool. That is fantastic. And it's not just limited to Office 365 either. That is super awesome. Super, super awesome. Yeah. Nice, nice find, then, Al. Yeah. And it's just like, I haven't read any blog posts about it. It's like, there's an entire site dedicated to find time and how it works. Um, cool. Thank you. Thank actually invited me by find time. He's like, head over to find time and check my schedule. Look, who? What is that? Um, and it's actually quite cool. And you, there's a component to access your dashboard so you can check what's been happening where and when, uh, which is quite neat. So that's my uh, new find of the week. That's a good one, Al. Then our last segment is my PowerShell commandlet of the week. We've got a simplish one this week again, um, and it is update SP app catalog configuration. So what does it do, module? This is the PowerShell command you use to set a site collection as the app catalog site collection. So if you are using the app model, which okay. I assume everybody is, um, <laughs> to implement that, you need a site collection as the app catalog. Um, and, oh, is this okay? And this is the PowerShell commandlet you use to say, okay, you see this site collection over here? This is the one. But this is to update, not to set. So if you changed your app catalog site collection, this is the one to update it. Well, no, it, it just it, it, up, it updates your your form configuration and tells it, this is what the oh yes because you can this is go, the site collection you can yeah. change the app catalog site collection in the GUI doesn't necessarily mean the form knows where it is yeah um and and I'm of the opinion all all of these sort of back end tasks should be scripted anyway yeah so um that this is the one that you use to do that so quite a handy one it is obviously a small part of a much larger picture um as most of our commandlets are there you go. Uh, I, I, I've done some some app catalog. I've run some app catalog scripts in the past. I've never used that one. You can you can do it. I think you can do it through the GUI as well. Okay, so that's it for today, Al. Yeah, that's it from our side, Mr. Modlin. I'd just like to thank uh, thousands of listeners because we've passed the quarter century mark in episodes. Thank you very much for listening and making this worthwhile. Yeah, guys, thank you all for listening. We really do appreciate it. Um, and as all of you know, if you want to find us online, you can hit our website, twoguysandsharepoint.co.za. 
We're also on Twitter at Two Guys SharePoint. My personal Twitter is at Odd Modlin, and L is available at Alistair Pugin. Um, we're also on iTunes and Stitcher and your podcast app of choice. Please do go leave us a review. If you haven't, it really will help out a lot. So, Modlin. Yes. You set up the iTunes account, not me. Did I? Yes. Okay. You even changed the picture. That's why we have that kind of picture. Right, right. Yes. I do value So, could you that. please go check the review by Mr. Thirsty? Oh, uh, Mr. Thirsty. He's the put best, up bro. our very first review on iTunes. Thank you, Mr. Thirsty. I can't do anything with it. I don't have access to that account. So you're going to have to check. It would come through for a review to your email address that you've associated with that. And you need to approve it so it can appear in iTunes. Thank you so much, Mr. Thirsty. I will get on that. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, All thank right. you for recording today, Al. Lekker, lekker, just, just. <laughs>